Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Connection College Podcast. My name's JC, college pastor here at Connection Church. Hey, we are here to be your home away from home. We are glad that you're tuning in to this podcast. This is where you will hear the messages that come from College Nights that happens every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. here at 1342 Kiwana Road at Connection Church. You are invited, and you don't have to be in college to attend, just college age, all right? Hey, this week, Chris Morgan, who is our next-gen coordinator here at Connection Church, brought an incredible message in week number two of our series on identity. Check it out. Man, what's up, Connection College? Man, dude, bumpers are so awkward. It's like your face is over here, you're waiting, and then your face is like right here. It's just really weird sometimes. Uh, But hey, my name is Chris. I'm the next-gen coordinator. A lot of people ask me what my job is. Um, Let me try to explain to you in the best terms I know how, okay? Uh, So I've kind of been like this cool associate role under Chase and JC. So I get to help with music, and I get to preach some. Um, And I'm really excited about that. Um, One, give it up for this band. How awesome were they tonight? Yes. Yeah, let's give it up for Chase. I call him the grandfather of the team. You know, he gave up his night. Uh, His wife is a teacher. She's on winter break, and he decided to still be here with us when he could be spending time with her. So that's big kudos to him. Yes. So a lot of you, I don't really know you guys, but I figure I might as well talk about me for a second. Like this couch, I feel like I should be like, I don't know, be like, it all started when I was three. You know, just kind of like lay back on it. But I won't do that. So we have a picture on the screen. It should be of my family first picture. I think, yes, that's me. My mom is holding me. Oh, yeah, you can say, oh, I know. You're like, I'm not a girl. Oh, sorry. Uh, I am me right there, tiny guy, Uh, my mom. I have triplet sisters. Uh, One's a pharmacist. Uh, The other two are in, like, medical field, and I work at a church. So I make the most money out of all of us, obviously. And uh, I always tell everyone at Thanksgiving and holidays, I'm doing the Lord's work, okay? You know, so I win. I win, obviously, out of my siblings. Uh, Also, too, I just got engaged recently. Yes. Yes, boom. Man, one of the best days of my life. It was super surreal moments, like looking at her, like I'm like getting down to propose. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope that's a good sign. Maybe I shouldn't propose. She just asked me what I'm doing. So I freaked out the whole entire day. uh, I made her do yard work while her nails were done the day of. Um, Some of you might call me a jerk. I just call her just throwing her off the trail, okay? So don't judge me. Um, she knows any and everything about me, and uh, she knows when I'm lying and when I'm pacing and freaking out. And uh, so I had to make her do yard work, and I yelled at her, and I told her, don't curl your hair because you're wasting time. And I thought I was going to die. I didn't think I was going to make it to our dinner because she looked at me and said, oh, okay, you don't want me to curl my hair? You think I look gross? And I was like, oh, gosh, what do I respond with? I'm trying to throw her off. So I'm an idiot. I responded, yes, you look gross. And it was terrible, um, but she still said yes. So, hey, thank you for uh, saying yes to me. That's really cool. So uh, we're still talking about identities. That's our series. We're talking about being known. Um, so we're going to play a quick little game. Who likes games? All right, come on, guys. Please help me out here. I need you guys to get more excited. Who loves games? <laughs> thank you. Okay, we're going to talk about secret identities tonight. So we're going to play a game real quick. So let's throw the first one on the screen. All right, so who is this guy? Okay, obviously, but like, what's his like secret identity? Bruce Wayne, yes, yes, Bruce Wayne, okay? So that is Bruce Wayne. Uh, His only superpower is that he's rich, and honestly, that's probably the coolest one. I envy him 
All right, number two. All right, who's that? Clark Kent, yes, here's the thing, and I ain't gonna lie, this one makes me super mad. Get it? Super mad, super mad. <laughs> yes, this one makes me super mad because all Clark Kent does is wear glasses, okay? And then people are like, I feel like if I wore glasses, like, and I had like a superhero name, I don't know what my name would be, maybe like something cool. I didn't really think about it. Um, but okay, I don't know. Maybe like my name was like Chocolate Rain or something. I don't know. Ignore it. It sounds like a stage name. Ignore it. But here we go. So I feel like if I wore glasses, okay, no one's going to be, everyone's going to be able to tell me apart. No one's going to go, Chris, Chocolate Rain, Chris, Chocolate Rain. No one's going to do that. But apparently if Superman and Metropolis, like Clark Kent takes off his glasses and everyone's like, where did Clark go? Like nothing's changed about the guy. That makes that superhero makes me the most mad. Let's go to number three. Ladies, be careful. I know, I know. Jason Momoa. I gotta be honest. This is Aquaman, by the way. Real name Arthur Curry. And I gotta be honest. That movie was terrible. Okay. I know what you guys are thinking. Okay. Oh, Jason Momoa had his shirt off the whole time. So what? Okay. Who cares? He, the movie was terrible. The acting was terrible. And I could go on for days. And that could be a whole nother sermon. All right. Let's go to the next one. All right, this one shows how young or how old you are, okay? I showed someone this earlier, Caitlin Lammers, and she said, who is that? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is Bible Man, okay? Bible Man was the coolest dude. He was swaggy of swag before it was cool. He has crosses on his boots, crosses everywhere. He has a lightsaber. I don't know anywhere in the Bible that has lightsabers, but people love it. His true name is Miles Peterson, and he was a cool dude, all right? Speaking of superheroes, yesterday, me, Will, and JC went to a camp in Jacksonville. That's all I'm going to say about that part of it. But we went, and there was, apparently in the IFB world, okay, I've, I've decided to give JC a name. His name is Legend Man, okay, because here's what happened. We're hanging out, and everyone, I know JC. Me and Will know JC. Just normal guy, you know? But not to these guys. We roll in deep, like three of us. And you would have thought we were celebrities, okay? Like we were the three kings or something of old times. We roll in there and these guys were like, JC, JC Groves. And me and Will are just sitting there like looking at him like, what is happening? And JC is loving the moment, okay? He's like, hey, what's up, guys? You know, all this cool stuff. And this guy, let me tell you, I thought he was shaking in his boots, okay? He's like, man, I just really want to take a picture with you. And I was like, what? So I was like, okay. So and this guy asked me to take the picture. I am JC's professional photographer in this moment, okay? So we take the picture, and we're sitting there, and then the guy goes, actually, I want a picture too. So this guy wants a picture too. So basically me and Will were taking pictures all day of Legend Man, a.k.a. JC Groves. And it was really exciting. So if you don't know anything about IFB, talk to him about it. You'll be very shocked and surprised. And much as we like to have games tonight, I guess we do need to get serious about things. So I want us to look, think about this for a second. A lot of times in our own lives, we were wish we were someone else instead of living to be the person Christ created us to be. Often our false identity becomes so convincing that we start to believe it's who we really are. So tonight we're going to talk about what it means to be fully known by a loving God and not faking who we truly are. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the opportunity for us to be here. Lord, you are so good to us. Lord, I pray tonight that identities are broken down, um, fake ones are broken down, that we focus truly on who you called us to be. All this we pray. And everyone said, 
Amen. Awesome. If you have your Bibles, let's flip open to Psalm 135, 5 through 12. And when you have it, just say amen or something. Wow. Someone had it already? You guys are faster than me. Psalm 139, I'm sorry. I think I said 135. 139, 5 through 12. And here's what it says. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about, be, about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. So what we get out of this text is that when uh, we cannot hide from God, and he knows everything. He sees us, hears us, knows us. And most importantly tonight, Connection College, he loves us. And the first point for tonight, and I want you to write this down, is that we can fool people, but we can never fool God. That's the first point I want you to write. We can fool people, but we can never fool God. Now, who remembers the first time they ever got their driver's license? Who remembers the day, anyone? You guys be more excited? Okay, cool. I'll never forget I got my driver's license. I was a late bloomer onto the scene. I thought I was too cool for it, uh, besides the fact I couldn't afford a car. So I rode with my mom to school every day, um, up basically till I graduated. But I got my license, and my mom let me borrow the car for the night. And I took this girl on a date. Um, Haley hasn't heard the story, so I'm sorry, but it's not what you, but yeah, so, um, you know, but hey, you're the best, obviously. Um, so I uh, took a girl on a date, and I decided that I was going to pretend to be a mechanic, okay? And I brought my, it's, honestly, it was a weird situation. So all my friends told me in the country, I'm from the big city of Pembroke, Georgia, okay? If you don't know where that is, it's like this big. Um, yeah, but you know, I, all my friends in the country say you have to have a stop sign kiss, and what that means is like you're driving and you hang out at a stop sign and you kiss the girl on the dirt road and it's supposed to be magical. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is my moment. I'm made for this. You know, I took the girl out. I clean up mom's car. I put a little Febreze, a little drop in there. Like, bloop, I'm ready, okay? All right, so I get ready. I put on my clothes. I'm looking fresh. I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling good. And I decide, like, I'm going to pretend to be a mechanic. So, you know, like when you're driving it and you put your left foot on the brake awkwardly, like, I don't know if you can see my feet, but like this while you're driving. It's kind of weird. I decided to do that. So I'm driving. I'm going there and I go, oh. and she's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, something must be wrong. So then I, I, I decided to put it in break, you know, and now I lift up the hood. Obviously there's nothing wrong with the car, but you know, I'm, you know, I'm playing my cards right, I think. So I open the hood and, you know, I'm taking off knobs. I'm taking pictures to make sure I know which knobs I'm taking off so I can put it back on right. And I, you know, little areas of oil. So I take some oil on my fingers and I put it on my face everywhere to make it seem like I actually did something. You know, I'm going, going through all the motions. You know, I turn off my car and I yell out, oh, why don't you crank it up to see if we can fix it? So she cranks it up and it comes on, you know, and I'm like, yes. And she's like, oh, I'm so impressed, you know, all this good stuff. So I'm feeling in the zone, right? So I get in the car. Stop signs just right down the road. I'm feeling so good. You know, I'm the fake mechanic, right? I'm feeling awesome. So I keep driving. I get to a stop sign, put it in park, and it's time, you know? You know what I'm saying, everyone, maybe? It's time. I'm going to kiss this girl. So, you know, guys do this awkward thing before they kiss when they're like, you know, like, 
this is so weird. But like you sit there and you're like, the guy always kind of breathes his song. You're like, oh yeah, okay, I'm ready. You're like thinking about every scenario, like this is it. And then like, you kind of practice in the mirror. I don't know if guys, I've practiced in the mirror before my kids is so useless. So I'm like, you know, like I feel it very awkward at this point. I'm like, but I'm going to do it. I'm the man. So I lean over and I'm like, <laughs> and I, and I lean in and kiss her. And when I do, boom, I kiss her hand. Okay. She does not want to kiss me at all. So that way, you know, see, I'm good. You know, all right. So I, I try to kiss her. I kiss her hand. And it was the most embarrassing moment of my life. Well, one of them. Uh, so what I try to get out of here is as much as I pretend to be a fake mechanic for a moment, I think a lot of times we fake pretend a lot with different personas and identities in our lives. Either we don't want to take off our false identity or we forget to take it off because that's what we want to be known as. We all have a false identity and it can be wrapped up in superficial, shallow, and temporary things. Maybe it's wrapped up in the degree you have, the car you drive, the clothes we have, money, it could be a job, it could be a sport, it could be being attractive. Whatever it may be, our false identity can be put into four different categories. And I want you to write these down. It's four different categories, position, appearance, wealth, and skills, okay? Position, appearance, wealth, and skills. Those are the four different categories I believe that college students, young adults, we struggle with. And I say we struggle with position because here's why. Because a lot of times we're worried about what our friends think of us in position. We're worried about how many people we know, how many likes we get on a post. Maybe in leadership, uh, we wonder how high can we get up or we count of our accomplishments is our position, right? So a lot of times we think, well, you know, Sally, she has 5,000 Instagram followers. Like, why does she have it, right? And you're like, well, I need 5,001 because I hate Sally's guts, you know? Like, I think a lot of times we go off position in that way. And many people in life, especially in the corporate world, we believe what? They believe that position is power. Well, I'll tell you the truth. Position isn't power. Submission is the true power. It's not about position. It's about submission. Because here's one thing I've learned in life. When I submit to Christ, when I put him at the center on the throne, my life starts to, it starts to go up. Everything changes in good ways. And I, and I can back that up because in Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make you straight your paths. So when I trust in Christ, my path is straight and I know what I'm doing. But when I, when I put myself at the center, my life starts to decline, right? I started going all these weird paths and I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I start, my emotions come out very funny and very awkwardly, okay? And I, and I started to do things I normally wouldn't do. I'm not as vibrant, I'm not as fun because I try to put trust in myself because I think I have it handled. And I think a lot of times we do that as college students too, right? We sit here and go, well, I need to make the good grades. I gotta do this because my parents are, they're paying for this and I can't spend another year. I can't be five years in school. I can't be six years in school or eight, whatever it may be, I'm not judging. Um, a lot of times we, we go off these seats because we really, really depend on position when really the power is in submission. Number two would be your appearance. I don't, I don't know anyone in the room who doesn't care about their appearance. I don't care who you say you are. Everyone cares about their appearance, okay? Everybody wants to look good. Everybody wants to feel good and things like that, right? I'm, I remember all the time in high school, I, when I would go to weight training, I'm like, I don't need to work out legs. Curls for the girls, right? So I'm just curling all day long. And then I get to college and I'm like, gosh, I can't even do anything on legs. What's wrong with my legs? They don't work. 
you know? So I, and everyone just looks at you weird. Like I ran track for a year in college and my coach is like, Jesus Christ. So I'm like, where are your legs? So I'm like, they're right here. And he's like, no, they're not. You don't have any legs. And I was like, okay. So a lot of times, you know, a lot of times we care so much about our appearance. And to be honest with you, we care so much about our appearance because why? Because we want to be attractive to other people. Because in college, it's prime time for one. We want to date. We want people to realize us or recognize us. We want people to see us. So we put on this fake identity. We start to wear stuff that we normally don't wear. We start to go out to places we normally don't go out to. We start dating people. And then guess what? We start, what, sacrificing things that we believe in. Why? Because we want the appearance to look good for other people. And then our daily life suffers. And then next thing you know, we have the skewed idea of what true love is. Because we, we can read this on a Sunday, but when that guy or girl has us on a Friday night, which one do we really care about more? And to be honest with you, in my life, it was the Friday night. Sunday was easy. Coming to church for your parents, sitting here reading. Every, all I had to do was read for an hour. And not even a whole hour because there was music playing or whatever else, right? You're reading for 20, 30 minutes. But all the other times on a Friday night, I had the whole entire night. So why would I put my trust in the board when I could put trust in myself and the way I look and I know that someone's going to compliment on it? And then you go on to spiral over and over in life. And a lot of times you think you have to go through the space to feel loved and to feel known and to feel appreciated, right? And then you're sacrificing all of these. And next thing you know, you're giving pieces and pieces and pieces of yourself away until all that's left is like this much. And then what's the first thing that we always say? God, where were you? And the whole time, not only was he here on Sunday in this, he was with you on Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday, but we didn't trust in him because we put our trust in people. And I believe tonight that appearance is the most dangerous one because it doesn't stop. It's never good enough for some people, right? Because here's the thing, position, once you become a CEO, you kind of feel good. You're in, you're in your office, you can chill. Wealth, you get enough money, okay. Skill, once you get up to it, that's good. But appearance, it never stops because it never feels like it's good enough. Because you always feel like there's more that you have to do to feel loved and to feel appreciated and to be known. When the whole time there is a God who's telling you, I've loved you for who you were. I created you. I know every single thing about you. And if you don't believe me, turn, we're going to read 1 Samuel. Uh, it's going to be chapter 16. Verse seven, this is what it says. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. A man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And also, if you look at Psalms 139, verse 14, it says here, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. A lot of times in our life, I think a lot of times appearance can really destroy us because we're so caught up in this idea of love. And I say idea of love because we don't know that true love comes from Christ sometimes in our life. In the same way, the idea of wealth can come into play. How much money you have, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, things like that, that all can play into it, right? So I think a lot of times we spend money on things we don't have to impress people who honestly don't care about us, right? If you think about it, I think a lot of times in life, when I was younger, I was like, man, I gotta have these shoes. And my mom was like, you don't need these shoes. If people only like you for shoes, they're not really your friend. And I didn't understand when my mom said that. I just thought my mom didn't want me to be cool. But then I realized that one day the value of a dollar when I worked on it for myself, and I realized, man, it's not worth it. Buying things to impress people is just not worth it. Now, don't get me wrong. If I ever got my hands on the PS5, Haley, I would love that forever. And I would totally try to impress people because that's been really cool. But what I was saying outside here is that people can feel valuable because they have money and they feel like they're somehow worth more than others. And that's not the way we should live. God hasn't called us to live this way at all. 
If you see here in Luke chapter 12, verse 34, this is what it says. It says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I have to ask you tonight, Connection College, where is your heart? What is the treasure that you are storing up in your life? Where are the things that you are holding on to? And we see here in Matthew 13, verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found to cover up. Then is his joy. He goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. We need to put our treasure into heaven, put our treasure in things that matter and not of things of this world. The last one is skills. It's how talented you are, how athletic you are, how smart you are, etc. This one's really, really can be tough sometimes. Uh, I have a really cool opportunity to work with Chase. I mean, that guy sings like an angel every time he's up here. He's really cool. And then everyone else, it's just really cool to always be a part to see how talented you are. But if that's your identity is a sport, if your identity is how talented you are, your identity is how well you preach or whatever else it may be, your life's going to fall short every time. Because a lot of those things fade away eventually. I don't know if you guys know, but one day you got to die, right? And one day you get old. And your body don't move the same way it does when you're 60 and you're 26, okay? I know that and I'm okay with that. Like, I would love to be, and that's why I'm investing in bowling, by the way, because I feel like when you're 60, you can bowl still. I don't know. Some people, I'm just saying, guys, don't knock it till you try it. I'm serious. I'm investing in it. I mean, if they ever start a national bowling league, I'm so going to win. But that's a side note. But I feel like a lot of times in our life, we store our treasures in things that don't really matter, things we can't trust in. And that's the same way with our skills. We put our identity in those things because that's what we're known for. And that's all we know. When reality is Christ has so much more available in our lives than we could ever imagine, more than we could ever see. A lot of times we compensate. If I'm not wealthy, I'll go on all appearance and vice versa. It's like clockwork. It never ends. Constantly trying to fulfill self and impress others to be known. When the whole time there is a God who already knows you and loves you for who you are. My second point tonight is temporary identity equals temporary value. If your value and identity are dependent upon superficial, temporary things, they can be taken away. On the other hand, if your value and identity are dependent upon something eternal, they can never be taken away, no matter what happens to you on this planet. I, I would put money on this tonight, Connection College, that a lot of you in this room tonight, in one way or another, we're all wearing this fake persona. We're all wearing something because we don't want people to know us for who we are. Maybe you came here tonight and you're like, I'm always known as the athletic girl. I can't be known as the person who struggles with this sin. Or I'm the big guy and I can't be known for struggling with the sin or whatever it may be. What I'm here to tell you tonight, Connection College, you have the power to live free. There is a God who knows you and he calls you by your name. He doesn't call you by your sin. He doesn't call you by the things you've done. And I'm so grateful for that in my life. I think for the longest time, I had the biggest persona of not wanting to feel loved and not wanting to feel appreciated. And I think a lot of times in my life, it crept in in ways I never thought it could. For the longest times, we talk about tonight about being known and things like that. Uh, I remember on my birth certificate, one day I found it. I was talking to my mom. I have no idea who my dad is at all. And I looked at the birth certificate and it said unknown. It said father unknown. Uh, and it kind of crushed me. I'm not going to lie. It crushed me for like a split second. Not, not a long time because my mom is one of the strongest women I've ever met. And she has done for me immeasurably more than I could ever imagine. And she raised four kids by herself and done everything else. So I'm so thankful for that. I remember one day getting so upset. And, and it started to wear on me. I see my mom struggling. I see my mom doing all these things. 
and I'm trying to help her the best way I can, but I'm going through my own stuff because I feel like I don't have this guy in my life to help me. And now I'm wondering, why doesn't this guy want me? Why does this guy want to know me? Why did this guy leave me? What have I done? I was just a child. What have I done for him to lead me, to desert me, and all these other things? And it started to affect me in other ways in my relationships. And I found myself, for the longest time, running from relationship to relationship. And I kept running because, honestly, because I was scared. I was scared that one day I was gonna have to marry, that one day I was gonna have to sit down and like have tough conversations, that someone was gonna have to know me for fully for who I was. So I kept doing things to avoid those things. I kept, one day I was like, I'm just gonna start cheating. What's the point? What's the point of someone knowing when cheating, I can just do whatever I want and I can just get out and go around the game and do whatever the heck I want. And then one day it hit me out of nowhere. And Christ was telling me these things as earlier in my life. And I'll never forget one day I was sitting in Atlanta and Christ said, Chris, you only can run for so far. And I kept wondering, like, what does that even mean? Like, what else do you want from me? I'm here, I'm working in ministry, I'm doing everything you call me to do. And he's like, you still haven't surrendered a lot of stuff to me in your life because you don't want people to know. And I said, yeah, you're right. There's some things I just don't want people to know. And then God called me out that night and I'll never forget it. And I told myself, I'm gonna start being more honest because he deserves it. And here's the thing tonight, maybe you're sitting in this room and you're like, hey, I don't wanna talk to God because I do this, I've done this. And here's the thing, God already knows. I have a funny feeling that if you were on the couch laying down and you're like, hey, God, I've done this. He's gonna sit here with his legs crossed and look and be like, I know. He's gonna say, I was there. I saw, I made you, I know your thoughts. He's gonna say those things. But a lot of times we're so scared. And I wonder why, because here's the thing, being vulnerable sucks, right? Anyone? Being vulnerable is the worst thing in the world because everything gets tore down and everyone sees every last bit of you. And there's no hiding when you're vulnerable. You can't hide, you can't run, there's nowhere else for you to go. And you're left in that spot and you start melting like a puddle because all you're doing is telling people to stuff. But I want to tell you tonight, there is freedom in the name of God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord is in this place tonight. And I believe tonight someone's life is going to change. And I believe tonight someone's been running, and they've been running, and they've been running because they don't want to be known, and they feel like I have to keep up this facade. And I'm here to tell you, you only can keep it up for so long. You only can keep it up for so long because there's nothing else you can do. And one day you're going to crack. Everyone does it. It happens to every stinking body. So why not crack here, honestly? Why not crack here in this place, a place that is safe, a place that is love, a place where you can, tonight you can say, Christ, I need you. Why not crack here? It's better to crack here than to crack out in the world of people who think they love you and people that think they care when honestly they don't. Because one day your drinking buddy, guess what? He's gonna find a new drinking buddy. One day that person is here to have sex with you. If you don't come over one night, guess what? That person will find someone else to call late at night. If you want to be truly known, if you want to have a community, if you want a place where you truly belong, if you want to go to a place where people will call you and check up on you, this is the place to be, and this is the night to say yes to Christ. There's no reason to run out these doors tonight and look for something else. And I, here's the thing, I want to appeal past emotions. James can play all the keys all day and make you cry. I can talk as loud as I want, but tonight you have to make a decision that is just you. 
Connection College. No one else can do it for you. No one else can pull on your emotions or heartstrings. This has to be a decision that you make. And yes, is it scary? Your heart's probably racing like 100 miles per hour right now. I'm sure it is. But guess what? When the moment I said yes to Christ was the best moment of my life. My life changed forever. And if you don't, the places I have been, the places that I'm going to go, if you would have asked me that a kid from Pembroke, Georgia would have ended up all the way in Woodstock, Georgia, playing at a big church and end up at Kinsaw, Georgia, doing incredible things for the Lord, I would have told you there's no way, it's not possible, I'm going to be in a country town forever. But guess what? God moves in more ways than you could ever imagine, but he has to be at the center of the throne. You can't just take them off one day and say, well, hey, God, I want to be known this way, but I don't want you to know this about me. You can't just pull them in and out. He has to be in every single thing. There's incredible people in this room tonight that want to help you. And there's, there's this thing in business, we call it the paradox of value, aka the diamond water paradox. And here's what it is. It's that it's this contradiction that, all, that although water is more useful in terms of survival, Diamonds are commanded at a higher price in the world today. So your diamond is probably the things in the world that you want, and the water is Christ. The living water is Christ. And I think a lot of times we go through life and we say, man, I'm just in a dry season with God. How can you be in a dry season when you have the well that never runs dry that lives inside of you? Christ. The power of Christ is inside of you and it hasn't changed. It's in scripture. If you don't believe me, read it for yourself, okay? I'm not here to tell you to sell you anything else, anything special. I don't get paid extra if you raise your hand tonight, by the way. This is a decision you have to make. I want you to make this decision because you want it. And I know in this room tonight, somebody in this room wants it. And someone needs it. Somebody in this room has been running and running and running, and you have to be tired. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay to be tired. Because guess what? You ain't got to run no more. (laughs) You get to rest in the hands of a sovereign father who knows you and loves you and appreciates you more than you could ever know. He didn't die for you because of your position, appearance, wealth, or skill. He died for you because you're his. You're his child. That's why he died for you. That's why he took on the temptation That's why he took his body being broken and beaten. That's why he had one of the people close to him betray him so he could die for you, for you. I know a lot of times in church, we try not to say it's not about you and I get that, but I need you to understand that like in the beginning of your walk, like Christ died for you. Because if you don't understand that, you're never gonna say yes. Christ died for you and he loves you and he wants nothing more than you to say yes tonight. So the choice is your connection, college. I feel like a lot of times, and I hope I communicate this the best way I, I know how. I'm a little rusty at this preaching thing. I'd much rather just play guitar and like get nuts. But I feel a lot of times tonight that this, this moment is for someone. So I want us to bow our heads and I, and I want us to pray um, this prayer. Uh, first of all, tonight, if you're, if you're ready to make a decision, if you're ready to say yes to Christ, if you're tired of running and you want to be fully known, if you want your identity to be found in a God who loves you and a God that cares about you, and you don't want your identity to be found in anything else, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. We have some people coming to grab you. Just keep your hands in the air. 
if that's the decision you decide to make, and we'll have some people come and grab you guys. So, just keep them up high. I know it's weird, but no one's looking, so it's also okay. I also want to pray for those of you who are scared right now to make that decision. I know it's, I know it's very tough. I know it's tough to come into a place, come into a room where no one knows you and, you know, profess that you need help, that you need Christ, that you need God. Um, I know it's very tough to do that, but I believe tonight that that decision is the best decision you'll ever make. So I want to pray for that right here, right now. Father, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity for us to come into this place and worship you. Lord, I pray, Lord, tonight for people to be known, for people to be loved, for people to be appreciated. Lord, I thank you for people tonight taking their next step to saying yes to Jesus. There are so many hands that went up, Lord, and we're so thankful for that. And Lord, I pray, Lord, tonight that you continue to move in more ways than you could ever imagine, that you continue to pull on our strings because it's the best decision I'll ever make. So Lord, I pray that anyone needs to talk, Lord, that they'll find me or JC or any other leaders will be in the back hanging out that they just come and talk, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for life change. I thank you for using me. Lord, I thank you for this team on the stage. Lord, I thank you for each and every individual who's doing incredible things for the kingdom. Lord, we love you so much. In all things we pray.